Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Amalia Kamateros. Amalia is the author of Spirit of the Stones, a shamanic practitioner, as well as a transformational teacher, ceremonialist, wisdom guide, and speaker who started her career in Australia as a naturopathic doctor. She's worked in the field of health and consciousness for over 30 years. Amalia was the private natural health practitioner for the famous Australian rock band In Excess for over six years, attending to their well-being during the height of their career. She's also an ordained minister or priestess, breathwork facilitator, and along with a plethora of offerings, has also garnered a notable reputation for her earth spirit shamanic dance workshops. Amalia is highly intuitive and skilled as an emotional tracker who finds the subconscious glitch and brings it into conscious awareness for release and healing. Shining the light in the darkest corners hidden in the psyche, Amalia will coax the shadow and bring it to the forefront of conscious awareness. She utilizes the wisdom of the earth to help her clients and students get grounded, centered, and connected. The service of her mastery is to inspire us to get embodied and centered and to reconnect with the earth and our body as a sacred temple of living spirit. Welcome, Amalia. Hello, Emmy. Thank you so much for having me here on your podcast. Oh, it's an absolute blessing to have you with us. And I am super, super excited to be learning from you today. Thank you. Now, Amalia, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I always like to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? Yes. Personally, it is about connecting into your heart and connecting into your body as a sacred living temple as holy ground that you stand upon and the actions and speakage, how you speak from there, from that holy place, from that grounded place is becomes the temple, the living temple. The sacred feminine for me has two different sides. The polarity on this planet does really often reflect the polarity of two different sides. There's the sun and the moon and there's the feminine and the masculine and there's the light and the dark. And it's important for us to know, for me, I, I see that the sacred feminine has two sides within the feminine and one is the, the softer, feminine, caring, loving, nurturing, compassionate, softer, flowing feminine, watery side. And then there is the other side of that that is not completely the opposite but augments and protects and holds the, fe the, the feminine side I just mentioned, which is that, that kind of that kick-ass warrioress that speaks her word, is not afraid to be courageous, is very protective and is the guardian of the temple. And she's a lot more straightforward, speaks her truth and stands as, a, as an emissary for the mother energy, 
but the, the 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 male part of that sacred feminine is that guardian, that warrior, that protectress. Mm, I love that, and I I love how you brought it straight into this um, polarity and discussed the the more feminine and the more masculine side of the sacred feminine. There, that's mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. I have a feeling that we're going to talk a lot more about this polarity later on. But <laughs> before we do so, I would love to hear from you, from you, Amalia, if you could share one challenge that you have faced in your life that's really helped you to activate and understand this sacred feminine power more deeply. Yes, yes. Uh, well, firstly, I'd like to say that there's been many deep challenges and this is what a priestess or a warrioress or a light worker, shamanic being does go through those initiations, through the dark passages, through the dark night of the soul. I've had a few of them, but I've mentioned, you know, here and there, one of them that always comes up. So I decided today that I would share something else. And many of us women would relate to what I'm saying, that when we've been married, you know, we, we weren't given a template. We weren't given the instruction book or nor did we have classes at school to teach us how to be in relationship with ourselves, let alone a relationship with another, whether it may be a man or a woman, whatever whatever priority or whatever um, preference we have. So the main challenge that I'm sharing today is when I was married for 15 years, It was a good marriage in many respects, but the most deepest fundamental part of my woman, of the woman in me, was not receiving or or experiencing a deep connection. And the husband that I was married to for 15 years was labelled and definitely was a rageaholic, like major, major rageaholic every two or three days going over the deep end and where I could not connect. And for me, my astrology, my being, my soul needs to communicate and communicate deeply and communicate to the deepest part of where the root of the problem is. So I was never able to do that with my husband and it was devastating and being a loyal person, a loyal priestess to the sacred feminine, to the sacred union, to the heros gamos, as they call it in Greece, the sacred wedding. I stayed there and I really, really, really did everything I could do to turn it around, to turn this big ship in a stormy ocean around. And what I did learn is the thing that started to really help me is stepping into the goddess, stepping into that goddess energy. I'm not talking about sparkly clothes and I'm not talking about throwing a name around like, oh, the goddess, like it can be, and I have seen that being used that way, but really connecting with the mother energy and the feminine and what that means and, and to really start loving myself much deeper than I could ever have fathomed to. And so you know, trying every trick under the book, as we all do as women with, with relationships. You know, we, we do our best, of course, as, as our men do as well. I found that it was just 
so painful. And when you're in a painful situation where there is abuse, and this this is a form of abuse, this emotional abuse, this auditory abuse, uh, it, it can lock you in. It locks you in. So it brings more fear and less confidence. And also the value of yourself is demise. And the value of yourself is already demised in order to attract that kind of situation. I understand that. But at the time, the thing that pulled me out of it was to really hone in on a greater love, a greater love of myself with Mother Earth and with the Divine Mother. Mm, that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that, Amalia. And I, I, I truly believe that many, many of our listeners are going to, to resonate with, with what you've shared with us. Mm-hmm. Yes. What, what would you say was the, the hidden blessing or the blessing in disguise in this situation? And how did you then eventually come out of it? Yes, the hidden blessing is that I began to really see how clearly, even though it was a mental understanding, I've always been very, very uh, evolved in for my age. I've always been ahead for, for the age that I've been always. And you started meditating formally at the age of 16. I was celibate at the age of 18. I started doing rebirthing very early in the in the in the in my life, living with Aboriginals, you know, really was in that spiritual front line for for from the very beginning. And what I learnt is that really and truthfully the value of myself, my self-worth was so low. Even though I was a good girl and I did all my best and I always came forward and and came to the forefront as a soldier and was listening to spirit, the emotional part of me was bereft. The emotional part of me was low and that is something that I brought through with my soul and that is why I had a turbulent upbringing and that is why I attracted someone who could really present to me and reflect to me that part of me that I wasn't seeing, which is the lack of self-worth of a, as, as being a woman. I was raised in a Greek-Egyptian household and men are more, the males in that lineage uh, is more regarded as a prize than the females, from especially in that Greek Egyptian Greek Egyptian culture. And so being raised with that uh, lack of self-confidence and being treated less than in, in a way, and, and that they did the best they could, of course, that's what I grew into. And on top of that was all the goodness and the meditation and all the tantric work I did and all the, you know, the the, the work I did with the earth underneath what was festering was this volcano of um, unemerged feelings of lack. And so it really was showing me very strongly that I don't deserve, I'm not good enough. If I was better looking, if I was more popular, if I was something, if I was something, you know, that desperate trying to pull straws to to make something change. But I could see from this experience that 
it was something really, really, really deep in the lineage as well. And so what I what I started doing is started to do some re- find my own ways because the workshops and things weren't doing it for me. I had to go into the land and sit and be quiet and just shut up and and be and open open my deepest sanctum to what the earth was saying or or what what the mother or god or creator or whatever it was but of course i had to be careful what i was listening to so i was very careful about the channel i opened up and i started to track the the emotion i started to become a very good tracker of emotions and i started to see exactly what was causing my husband to be so panicked about the feminine and I found it I found it, it took 15 years <laughs> but I found it and when I did I realized it was not about me so much my my story my thing that I had to deal with was my own self-love of course that's the thing we're here on this planet for is to learn how to love ourselves and it's not that easy to love ourselves but we can learn to love ourselves we can learn to love ourselves at each point. And so I became a very, very amazing tracker, detective, emotional detective, and going under the surface into the deeper waters of the ocean to really feel what's going on. And this produced in me a, a, a therapist in me, a, sh- a psycho-shamanic therapist in me that has been really beneficial for my work because I can go under into the soma, into the somatic, into the deeper waters and really feel what's going on under that. Does that answer your question? Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. And I am just resonating so strongly with everything that you're Yes, asking. I'm sure all of us women are, for sure. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Um, I would love to hear a little bit more about your, your psycho-shamanic uh, practice and how do you bring that into your daily life and how do you use it with your, with your clients as well? Well, I am that I am. <laughs> That's a saying they all say. I am that I am. Mm. I am that I am very shamanic naturally. I always have been. You know, I remember speaking of ocean and water I remember as a little girl, maybe about eight years old, I would just put my hands on the water and flow them through and my mind would go to, I wonder what the ocean's thinking. Mm. I wonder who the ocean is. What, you know, what what is the ocean thinking and feeling? And so, you know, I'm, I'm probably seven or eight years old. I don't think many seven or eight-year-old would think this way, but I would naturally take a deep breath and and blow my breath out and sink to the bottom of the ocean on the sand and just lay there and become the ocean mm. and just feel. And what I felt was the depth of nothingness, of the void. And this is where I started to already feel into what this void was. And, and another uh, piece of this was where, I had, there was a couple that came to my school and Australia, the school I went to in Australia was kind of progressive when I look back now. And there was a couple that came and did a whole astral travel on us. The whole grade in the hall was taken through an astral travel 
exercise, can you believe? <laughs> and that night after I did that exercise in the group format at school, I thought I'd try it on my own. And I went up, you know, up to the roof and then up through the roof and I saw my house in the suburb and then I saw the suburb in the city and then I saw the city in Australia and then I saw the Australia in the world and then I went right out, right out. I travelled to the edge of the universe and I saw the void. I didn't know it was the void at the time, but I saw black, black, black nothingness. And it kind of freaked, it did freak me out. It freaked me out. Mm -hmm. And and then I started to have a relationship with the mother energy, the mother earth, and going into the earth and sitting and going, sinking into the soil, into the soil of consciousness, into the the darker feminine, not not the negative feminine, but the unseen womb of the mother. And I would hang out there because it was very restful. I I feel like I would always some every time I would do that, I would give my I, I would give birth from this womb because I would rest deeply. I learnt how I could rest in peace without having to die first. You know this stupid comment of. And you know, excuse me, but I just—it is a stupid comment to me. The rest in—they rest in peace when they're dead. Why can't we rest in peace when we're alive? And so I found this restful in peace with Mother Earth into that shamanic realm, and started to really create an alliance and trust and respect and knowingness. And that's how it started for me, mm. among many other things. Absolutely. However, you know, I just fell in love with Mother Earth. That was a place where I could be myself. That's the place where I was accepted. That's in the arms of the mother. And I know we can all relate to this, women. I know we can, that when we feel completely loved and accepted, which is what each and every one of us, every child on the universe, wants to be loved and accepted. And that's what I felt with Mother Earth. And so that's how I created the alliance and started to get the calling from, from Sedona. You know, when I was married, uh, towards the end of my marriage, I, I had a, a medicine wheel that I would sit out and just rest in peace. You could call it the dream time, I guess, the, the, the Australian Aboriginal dream time where you're in so much in the present that you feel the energy of presence with the Mother Earth, with the Earth, and with Father Sky, and with the cosmos, and with everything, and the nothingness at the same time. It's very much the dream time. And so uh, that, that, um, that's, that's where I go. That's where I go. <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And I ho love how you spoke about the the womb there as well and of course you know when you are held by mother earth you literally are in her womb space resting and being nourished and nurtured as well yes yes absolutely yeah how, how else do you bring the womb into your work into your practice well now fin uh, finishing the first part of your question is how do i bring this into my practice what is that psychoshamanic Mm. practice that I do, this is how it would be where from that knowingness place, from that emptiness, from the presence, 
in the emptiness, which is the allness as well. That's the polarity right there, the nothingness and the everythingness. In the presence holds that polarity of nothingness and everything, nothing and everything, the zero and the and the hundred percent at the same time. And and when I with when I'm with a client, first of all, I absolutely trust the body. I don't trust the mind. The mind is a very cheeky little thing, you know, it'll race you around and it has two parts to it and one says yes and one says no and one says good and one says bad and one says I'm good enough and one says, oh, you're hell, hell no, you're not. And, mm-hmm. and But the body doesn't have that polarity in that way, the dualism in that way. It just speaks the truth. It's a vehicle. It doesn't have its own agenda other than surviving, of course, and, and being in our optimum health and creating the balance of homeostasis to keep everything alive in optimum health. But the mind, you know, the brain is part of the body. That's, that's perfect. But the mind is where the ego is attached. The ego doesn't attach to the elbow or the nose or the skin parts of our body or organs. It's attached more to the mind. And this is where I go through is the portal of the body. I will watch the body and sense the presence of what of their will, their well-being, their presence, their their shakti, their life force, whatever you want to call that energy force of life. I call it the life force energy, and I'll just know it because I know my own, and I'll listen to what my client is saying. And I can see words sometimes coming, and of course I will track the words because it's the story, and the story leads to the root of the problem. But really the body's telling me through the the actions of the hand, the eyes, the way the mouth is speaking. And so I'll put those two together, what they're saying and the congruency of the body and what the body's saying to me. And so that's the doorway where I enter. And I have many different approaches of anywhere from the wounded child to the timeline. And I often take people back to what I call time travel <laughs> because we do go back to the glitch point. I, go, I, I, I take my clients back to the, to the glitch point or one of the glitch points that held the, the initial fright or, or fear or trauma. I know trauma is a bit of a buzzword, but I just want to bring the rounded aspect to fear, fright, disappointment, all of these things that harbored, they're harbored in the body. And so by reading that and feeling that and listening to the pain of the body or the, the choice of words, this is how I'm able to really go back behind the scenes and shine the light, bring awareness to that part of them that is hidden, whether it's coming through the inner child and and speaking to the child and giving them another chance to, to, to mother or father their inner child or to, um, I, I'm very creative. I, I, I don't have a technique, to be honest with you. I'm very intuitive. And so with that shamanic intuition, I'm, I, I receive a knowingness. And I have to follow that. That's my job is I follow that that 
directive. I wouldn't say inspiration. I'd say I follow the directive of that shamanic intuition. And so I could have men wielding a sword in the room to get back into their male power and connect to that inner child that was able to play swords and was able to make a, a, a yell with the sword playing through their throat. I could have women walking around and just really adjusting their posture. I have people doing the breath work or I have people going back into reconnecting with the, the absolute pain and wound of what they didn't get as a child and then teach them or, or, or guide them in how to give that to that child, what's, what is missing in that child, and start cultivating, you know, cultivating the pearl in the oyster, just shining and polishing and, you know, that, that, does, that does that make it a bit clear for you? Mm -hmm, absolutely. And that, uh, again, resonates very strongly. And I love uh, how you go back to the um, kind of like the root cause of, of the trauma, yes. the fear or whatever it is that is holding that inner child back and keeping them blocked. And, and absolutely. Mm, and also the soul, you know, I always so sometimes with certain people, if I feel they're ready, I also take it back to their soul. Not past life. I do not work with past life. Nothing wrong with that. It's just that's not my that's not my forte. That's not my resonance. But I will be able to bring the soul healing in and see what the soul is asking of that person. What their soul purpose is. I'm not saying mission in the world, but the soul purpose could be their soul has been driving and evolving them to love themselves for heaven's sake, or to mm -hmm. stand and speak and speak their truth or to uh, stand in their courage or to value themselves, whatever it is that their soul is, that's the purpose. I call that the purpose. So I'll also connect them to their purpose and that this has been going on for a long time and that the parents and the, the circumstances or the husband or the illnesses that we have, they're not necessarily happened to us. It's something that is is part of our soul's doing in a sense of directing and and casting the roles around us so that we can be ebbed into the flow of of the current of where we need to go you know in our evolution mm. so me here in my example i had a a screaming husband he was brilliant by the way he was actually a brilliant man an amazing being that's why i stayed with him so long he was kind and um and faithful and proactive he was wonderful in that way but the emotional part as i've mentioned that was that was the most important for me because my lens this lifetime has been around the emotional body and you know that that we attract to ourselves our soul brings to us the perfect person as we all know this by now to show us where we are show us what's lacking in ourselves and then we, it's up to us now, it's up to us to see that and to give that to ourselves, to re-hone in within our own being and live our core. Mm, that is absolutely gorgeous, re-honing into our own being. I, I love that. Beautiful. I would love to hear a little bit more, Amalia, about... The, the shamanic dance workshops that you run, the Earth Spirit, Spirit Shamanic Dance Workshops, where do you run those and what happens in them? 
Yes, yes. I was doing a lot of them before, you know, our planetary situation. I don't like to bring the energy of that into our talk, but mm. uh, I would uh, be requested to come into people's retreats and give the group, men and women, and mostly women, because a lot of the retreats have been around women, to, and I've, uh, I, I design and craft a dance workshop for that retreat, for example. So if this there was an embodiment of the Divine Feminine Retreat, then I would work with the first four chap- chakras, for example, and really open up the root and connect it to the earth and start honing into the heartbeat of Mother Bir- Earth. And I said, almost said Mother Birth, which is true, <laughs> Mother Birth. <laughs> um, and clear the shuck that chakra because that's the connecting point to to the land to the to the soil to the mother to the ancestors of the earth and it's the roots it's like the roots to our own ancestors the roots to the roots of the tree the ancestors of our tree the ancestors of the bones of the earth all this sort of thing and so you know I'll put on some shamanic music and really clear out that chakra so that we can allow the flow of mother earth to come up into the second chakra and then work with the water element and the water element of that flow and that sensual energy and that creative energy and you know do a bit of partner work and and really get them to embody that element, embody their sensuality, embody, and also, of course, doing the clearing work before we do embody. So each chakra would have the clearing work first, clearing the the pain or clearing the the muddy waters, you know. Mm-hmm. And this, I use ritual in there, and ceremony, and teaching, and 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 guidance through amazing music, so that they can experience something sacred in their body and then we go up into the fire chakra with this confidence and we're looking at the tree now for example we have the roots in the ground and we have the trunk of the tree that needs to stand up tall and strong and powerful and confident and you know sometimes I'll have bamboo rods where we really work with the lines and the power of holding form with bamboo rods and I'll use different props like that as well you know sometimes with the second chakra I may use bowls you know plastic bowls or wooden bowls of water and they're dancing the temple dance with the wooden bowls so they don't spill any water so that sacred kundalini water serpent can move through the body and with the fire we're working with angulated powerful rays of the sun and the bamboo rods are actually extending that radiation out and then we're working with the heart with the the air element and maybe you might use a beautiful silk scarf and moving through the space with the scarf rippling on the heart things like this you know so you know, I've I've gone to festivals many times, to Bhakti Fest, to yoga festivals, to raw food festivals, and given many dances. And now what's in fashion? <laughs> now what's in fashion is people don't unless I'm in a retreat, retreat people are paying to be told what to do, to be guided through what to do. But now what people are loving now is more the ecstatic dance. So I'm facilitating ecstatic dance and putting a bit of guidance through that as well. Mm. Gorgeous. I wish I could attend one of those workshops like yours. I was listening to you describing and I was already starting to feel like I'm in it. (laughs) Yes, yes. Thank you. Mm. Beautiful. 
Now, Amalia, you, you did mention that you wouldn't want to bring in the energy of the planetary situation in, into our chat. But I was wondering if you had any advice to our listeners in terms of how to how to keep up hope, how to keep on loving, how to keep on rooting into our bodies and into love, regardless of what is happening around us. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And this is where I have created a course and that we'll mention as well to our listeners. It's called Stronger Than Ever. And it's a shamanic tools to keep you grounded and stabilised in uncertain times. And this has come over many years of my own unfolding with Mother Earth in my own way of expressing and sharing and teaching shamanism, shamanic teachings. And I... It's funny because my first, my book that I've written is all about stones and rocks and now my course is all about trees. It's mm-hmm. and Maybe the next thing I'll do is about humans perhaps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> excuse me. So, you know, just looking at a tree, looking at nature, you know, nature is the safest place. Mother nature for me is the safest place to be, you know, when we're all you know, mandated to stay indoors and 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 not go out. There was that couple of months and, and here and where I am in Arizona, it's a lot more freer, but maybe in the country still there was a lot, still that lockdown. But there was a time when the whole planet had been locked down and nature started to thrive again. Remember that? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and in Venice, the dolphins were, you know, swimming up and down the canals and animals were able to roam free and the, something was very special about that time in in nature and hopefully it gave many people quiet time enough to really respect and come back to Mother Nature. So for me it's always been about that and the stars and the cosmos. That's all nature to me. And the trees teach us how to stand upright The trees teach us how to put our roots down into the mother and grab hold and and get a stronghold. And we have our own roots too. Coming from the root chakra, we have those large sciatic nerves that when you look at a picture of sciatic nerves on the internet or in a book, you'll see that they look like roots. So we have roots. And so planting yourself into something stable and secure and safe like Mother Earth. Mother Earth doesn't lie, just like our own bodies. They don't lie. They don't cheat and steal and rob from people. It's very what you see is what you get, and there's so much more worlds and worlds within things that we can't see, but some people can see those inner worlds of nature. And so when you have the roots down into the earth, connected to something greater than your own mind and worry and and fear and media and politics and economics and all this that has been turbulent in our lives, something simple and strong and stable with something simple, strong and stable like the earth, planting your feet parallel, connected, and then allowing that energy of Mother Earth, just like the trees, to to give, that you can draw up Mother Earth's energy, drink it up, just like a tree does, connect into her. This is what my course is about, by the way. It actually helps and teaches people how to actually do that. 
not just, I'm just talking about it right now, but drawing up the nutrients, drawing up Mother Earth's love, drawing up the mineral energy, drawing up the magic and the power of Mother Earth and the stability of that up through the legs into the trunk of your body, into the arms. And in a sense, our arms are like branches and we can stand tall and strong and corrected in our own being just by emulating a tree mm-hmm. and or, or, or even sitting down by the river. Yesterday I went to the creek and sat by a very loud area where all the, rock, the water was going through the stones and it was very loud and that was all-consuming and to be able to just sit and listen and be still and listen to the birds, listen to the rustle of the trees, listen to the branches squeaking, listen to the wisdom of the trees, listen to the wisdom of the water, allows us to listen to the wisdom of ourself because it's a recalibration when we're in the matrix of Mother Earth, when we're in her creatrix, we can recalibrate, reset, reconnect to our own natural being, our own inner voice, our wisdom, not politicians' wisdom or not the World Health Organization wisdom, not, you know, knowledge, I wouldn't say wisdom at all there in, in, in both regards, but mm-hmm. the information given is not true. It's not real. It's not whole. It's not in abidance with Mother Earth and planet Earth. So that's what I want to say about that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. That, that is going to be super, super helpful for our listeners. So thank you for yeah. explaining that. You know, and of course there's the breath. You know, we can't hold our breath as we go along. Number one, we come in to our birth. The first thing we do is breathe. And when we leave, <clears throat> We, we, the last thing we do is exhale. We inhale when we come in and we exhale when we come out. And in between, what we are doing is inhaling and exhaling. And our body is like a filter. We inhale oxygen and release carbon dioxide. We drink water and release urine, what the body no longer wants and needs. We eat food and we defecate all the toxic things the body doesn't want. We're not taught to do that with our mind. You know, we clean our bodies every day, we brush our teeth, we wash our bodies, but we're not taught to wash our minds and clean our minds. And so the breath is one of the best ways to clear the mind. Whenever you feel you've had a bit of a a tension or you've watched the news, you can bet your last bottom dollar, the last cent to the cent that your body has held its breath when something uncomfortable has happened, whether you watching a movie or you've heard someone say something or the state of affairs in the world, there's a state of tension. It's our job to unwind that and be in unison with our own flow and with the planet Earth. That's our governing body, not the government. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Here, here. And I'm not sure it's it's coming through into the recording, but there's a cricket outside my window that is just very loud at the moment, is affirming everything that you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> now, Amalia, if, if our listeners were interested in this course that you've been describing, how would they find you and how would they find out more about the course? 
Yes, yes. And I, I have a website. And we can we put the link of the course underneath or is that something not you don't do? Or what? We absolutely can, we, can, yes. Yeah, when we put the link underneath this podcast would be the easiest. But you could go to my website. It is being reamped and changed a bit. It hasn't come into its full uh, resting potency yet. But um, if you go to my website, it's called Earth. My website is Earth spiritwisdom.com earth as in planet earth spirit as in the divine spirit and then wisdom of the heart so earthspiritwisdom.com and you will see there and under the courses and retreats there's a course link there and you can press on that and that will give you a, a little minute a one minute trailer about the video about the course and it will give you also the itinerary of the course and what, why you need to do the course or why, why it would be beneficial for you to do the course. And it's only a small little course. I don't think people have much time these days. There's too much going on. So the course all in all is about one hour and 20 minutes broken up in four different classes. And there's little MP3 downloads you can take and put on your phone and go out into nature and be guided how to breathe like a tree, do the earth breathing and to uh, some techniques, a couple of techniques I've put in there and how to let go the mind and the busyness and the frantic electric energy of the mind and the worry and the thinking and the apprehension and, and be able to flow it down into the deeper waters of our being and down into the earth through the root chakra. So there's, you know, some things there that I've cultivated over the years that are very helpful that I found doing again and again and again with my clients. So I put it all in the course to share with the greater world and that's the main and the main purpose of that is to come back into your balance, come back into your strength, come back into your own intuitive knowing, come back into your wisdom, come back into your body. Get out of your head, get into your body and into the body of the earth to rest in peace while you're alive. Beautiful. I absolutely love that, Amalia. Thank you so much. Now, I understand you've also got a gift for our listeners. Could you describe that a little bit as well? Yes, yes. I do have a, a, a little video that I have made. I actually you know, earlier in the, you know, several, a couple of years ago, maybe about four years ago, I went to school to learn how to make videos so that I can exactly make a little video for my clients and website visitors on exactly this. It was the first thing I did. And it's called the inner tree of light. And we're using the template of the tree, the great mother tree within us, to stand as emissaries of Mother Earth, stand as emissaries of the mother and be an antenna, an antenna of spirit with our feet planted in the earth and our crown up in the sky and our branches open wide. And this is a little gift I would love to share with all of you listeners, it's only a seven-minute video, so you can watch it. <laughs> and and it's simple and deep, and it will be very helpful for you. Mm, beautiful. 
Thank you so much for, for that, Amalia. And, and yeah. that will certainly be of great support for our listeners in, in these current times. So thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Mm. Well, you have shared so much wisdom with us today, Amalia. I am just, I, my whole body is buzzing just listening to you. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> taking in everything that you are telling us. So thank well, you thank so you. much for coming through and thank you for sharing all of that with us. Thank you, Emmy, and your your depth of wisdom and beingness that I can feel through your voice. You know what it's like when you first hear someone's voice on the phone. You you kind of know straight away whether you really can resonate with someone or not. It's like a, you know, did you ever watch that movie, The The March of the Penguins? I think I did, yes. <laughs> a shamanic, it was a very shamanic kind of viewpoint of the penguins and how each couple had a particular tone that resonated and in amongst hundreds and hundreds of maybe even thousands of penguins they could find each other through the tone of their voice you know mm-hmm. I find that very interesting and I feel that about you from the very beginning that I heard your voice that you you're very full of heart and body in and heart in your body and generous and loving and deep very deep so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's my thank you to you for being who you are in that depth and resonance. Oh, thank you so much. I have goosebumps all over me now. And I have a couple of tears forming as well, so I have to bring my, myself together now. <laughs> but thank you so much for all of that. I really accept your, your words uh, very deeply in my heart and, and appreciate your work very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, and and if any, if, if for those of you who love to read or to listen to books, I do have my book called Spirit of the Stones, and that was the first thing I was called from Sedona. Sorry, I was called from Australia to Sedona to do the deeper earth work to come and listen to the stones speak to the to the sacred vortexes, the sacred land of Sedona, Arizona, and listen to the wisdom of Mother Earth through these stone beings. And it's a beautiful book. And it's called Spirit of the Stones by Amalia Kamateros. And it's also on Audible now. Mm. You'll find that on my website as well under the book section. Beautiful. I'm going to have to check that out. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. Mm. So thank you, Amalia. And thank you, everybody who's been listening to us today. And let's just for a moment focus our intention and our awareness on this beautiful, graceful energy that's been activated today. And imagine sending this energy to everyone, everywhere on our planet. So remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power and really connect with Mother Earth and our inner knowing at a deep, deep level, the more quickly our planet will also shift and ascend. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here.